the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome, everybody, to this podcast of The Kingdom and Its Stories. Whether you're listening or you're watching, we welcome you so much. Uh, Today, we have the, the great privilege of having Carlos Mejia with us. Carlos is a bivocational pastor uh, in Chandler, Arizona, and he ministers to a lot of people who are struggling with life. And we'll learn about that in a little bit, but I wanted to just tell you that the, or remind you that the purpose of our broadcast is to be encouraged by testimonies of other people of how we can better be Jesus' hands and feet in our own circumstances. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't matter whether we're a pastor or a bivocational pastor or a teacher or a housewife or whatever it is that we are. God is calling us to be his hands and feet so that as people see us and observe us, they want to know what is behind that love that they experience. And of course, that love is Jesus and our deep desires for them to meet him. So the testimonies that we have on the Kingdom of the Stories are for that purpose, is to give us examples, not to do exactly the same thing, but to inspire us to think more deeply about how we can be Jesus' hands and feet. Carlos, welcome. We're glad to have you. Well, Bob, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Very excited well, to be we're, here. We're blessed to have you, brother. Tell us, give us the elevator speech. Who is Carlos? Oh, wow. Carlos. Well, I was born here in Mesa, Arizona. Um, moved to Southern California at a very young age. and was raised in Anaheim. Um, come from a small family. I have two sisters and um, both parents who loved me well to the best, the best they could. Um, yes. And uh, grew up in Southern California, you know, and... And uh, had uh, a great life there, but but also a life like like most kids, you know, uh, really kind of searching, searching for answers, and 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 exposed to uh, quite a bit that kind of um, kind of altered my path at a very young age. Um, so that that was kind of my my story at the beginning. Um, but by God's grace, uh, through many many people in my life, um, ultimately uh, was able to uh, hear the gospel. I come to Jesus, and mm. and had a radical transformation in my life, which um, I'm very grateful for. And 
How old were you then? You know, I didn't get saved till I was an adult. I was probably in my t- late twenties at the really? time. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, heard the gospel many times so at a very young age. I remember my neighbor in the apartment complex I lived in uh, took me to uh, a church in L.A. and 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 where the preacher gave the gospel, and I responded at that time at a, a young age. But but when I went home, we didn't we didn't do anything. It just kind of, that was right. it, you know. So right. I never really had anyone to disciple me um, at that point. Um, but multiple people had shared the gospel with me. I just um, I didn't respond until I was uh, until I was uh, much older. So the lesson for that is, don't stop sharing the gospel. Don't. Somebody may hear it but not respond, but they need to hear it again and again. Amen. Amen. And, you know, Bob, I remember when when that person told me uh, when he shared the gospel with me as an adult, he told me something that that shocked me. He said, he says, Do you know that God loves you? He says, God loves you, and and to me that was foreign. Uh, I didn't. I didn't understand that, and I remember it shocked me. It shocked me, and and I remember it also made me think, well, why hasn't someone told me this sooner? You know, I yeah. wish I would have known this a lot sooner, that, that he loved me. I always knew that I was mm. a mess up, you know, but I never knew that there was grace for me. And and so that was the power of the gospel that that, that, that spoke to my heart that day, and, and I'm very grateful for, for that man. Wow. Okay, and and so after that, after you met Christ, you know what I I had kind of a, a radical conversion in the sense that I, I I let go of everything and 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 I remember I went that that week and I went to the ninety nine cent store and I bought a, a calendar a Jesus calendar and I I cut and I bought twelve frames and I cut all the pictures out and put framed Jesus everywhere. I got a Bible and and I was already married with kids and so my family we started going to church and. It became a, a, a just a, a process where God began working in me and working out of me, the old me, you know, and right. and and just I was so hungry and and hungry for the Word, hungry oh, wow. for um, for for more of Him. So it was just this incredible just drive that was in me to to know this God that loved me, um, and so it, it began. I began going to church. I began serving in the church and. And I haven't looked back. I haven't looked back at all. It's just it's been an amazing, uh, wonderful blessing to 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 know the Lord and serve Him. Now you you said, Carlos, that you're a bivocational pastor. What does that mean? Bivocational is uh, I planted the church. When I planted the church, I, I still worked full time. Uh, for a season there, I was full time on staff. But uh, recently, I'd gone back. I've gone back to work just to kind of relieve some of the pressures. We're a small church. Uh, to relieve some of the stress for the church financially. And so I'm actually, uh, I work as a demolition estimator here in Arizona as well. Uh, so I, I, I work both. I have two churches, uh, two, two jobs. My primary yeah. job or my primary vocation is the church. Um, and then I say my second my second job is, is the demolition business. Uh, well, well, <laughs> I, I have lots of questions about demolition, but I, I won't go there. Okay. Uh, but I am very interested in, in how uh, God is using you to touch the lives of people who are struggling. Tell us some stories that illustrate that. Well, one of the one of the main things I think that that, that God uses us, uh, especially at our church, is 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 with the homeless ministry that we participate in. Um, okay. We're a church that does, uh, we believe in outreach, so we do a lot of outreach activities. We do outreach in apartment complexes. But our primary thing that we've been doing recently here at, for the last maybe eight years is, is serving at a ministry called You Matter Ministries in, in Phoenix. Called, and called what? You Matter Ministries. 
Oh, you matter. Yes, yes. Okay. Right off of Van Buren, which is a, a very high concentration of, of homeless people. And so we go there and we serve the homeless. We, we actually set up and we have a, a big service, uh, like a regular church service, where we have worship, music, and we give a message. And then afterwards, we, we feed them and we provide clothing for them and, and, and really just spend time with them, loving on them, uh, sharing the, the love of Jesus, sharing the gospel, uh, developing relationships with them to help them, um, to help them get back on their feet. Uh, and, and sometimes just to just show compassion there's uh, and just love on them and let them know that well, you said that um, you develop a relationship with them well homeless people are mm-hmm. are transient they're, you know how can you develop a relationship with somebody who's always moving yeah yeah the ones that that we that we encounter are are local to the area there are there's a high uh, there is people that that move on but Okay. It's just sitting down with them. It's just, it's just talking to people and and getting to know them and making an appointment to see them again. You know, okay. Um, so that's one of the ways we do that. We'll talk to people, we'll invite them back to the our, our location, uh, and and just try to get to know them. You know, oftentimes um, it's hard. It's a complicated situation, and and sometimes people are afraid of that. Um, and, and and in that fear, I think we forget that that these are humans. They're they're human beings. They're, they're fathers. They're sons. They're, they're daughters. They're mothers uh, to people and family. Carlos, you talked about being a, that sometimes they're afraid. Yeah. Um, what 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 is it they're afraid of? I think they're afraid. In general, I from my perspective, they don't know how to communicate. They're afraid to um, they're afraid to um, to talk about their situation. Uh, sometimes it's a fear of just approaching them because of maybe the way they look and, and because yeah. uh, sometimes they may look dirty or, or even scary. So there's, now, is that your fear? Um, Are you talking about their fear or your or, or your fear? I think people's fear in in approaching homeless homeless people. Okay. Um, I didn't. Um, I don't have fear like that, um, and I think that that's just maybe what God has given me uh, right. for for that specific ministry. Um, and, and not to mention, I was homeless. I was homeless for a year of my life. So I've kind you, of been on both you, sides. You were homeless. I was homeless, yes. Why yes. were you homeless? And how, well, how old were you when you were homeless? I was homeless from 17 to 18. I was only about a year, a year and a half maybe. Um, mine was through financial situation. So I was not using uh, uh, drugs or anything like that. But um, I found myself homeless for a year, uh, about a year, year and a half in, in Fresno, California. And um, it was it was difficult. It was a very difficult time, and it gave me a perspective from the other side. You know, oftentimes okay. people say, "Go get a job." You know, well, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Right. Um, and so I think that experience has given me compassion for people uh, that okay. are that are homeless, <laughs> and and I think that ability to approach them because I can uh, somewhat relate to what they're going through. Okay, Carlos, t- tell us a story. Uh, illustrates maybe a person you don't have to use names but mm-hmm. just so that we can understand like a specific story of somebody that you've helped and maybe what the results have been go ahead sure we have multiple stories um i'll give a story though of a, of a woman that, that comes to our church um a wonderful woman of god and and it wasn't a story that i was specifically involved in but have been with her on this journey and, okay. and she was one who actually 
uh, used drugs in that same area that we go to back okay. a long time ago was on the streets and, and came to Christ through one of the ministries there and 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 began that process of, of being changed and, and got her life in order. And now she works in the mental health industry. She comes to our church. Mm-hmm. She goes back to that same place where she used to buy dope, and, and she loves on the people, and she is the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, so it's just it's, it's, we have story after story. Uh, we have another young man um, at, the, um, at the location uh, where we minister there who was coming from the streets, and, and we just began loving him and, and, and coming alongside of him and helping him now, with what, res- resources. Help, help me to understand what you mean by you began loving him. Okay, do you, did you, you, meet, you met him once, set up an appointment for, to meet him again, or you just happened to meet him again? What does that mean? Loving them is, is first of all, we invite them. We invite them to come, and okay. then we, we let them know that they're welcomed and that we want to know them. We want to have a relationship with come, them. Come where? To the location where we minister at. Okay, uh, the on homeless, the street. On the street, yeah. yeah. So we have a location. Okay. I, I probably should have said this at the beginning, Bob, my apologies, but we have an actual location that's a property where people come to, and that's okay. where we do our services and, and uh, our church service and also feed them. So we'll invite people to come that are on the street. Um, when, they're, when they come, we invite them to keep coming back. And, and we get to know them. We sit with them. Uh-huh. Uh, we pray okay. with them. Um, we share right. the gospel with them. And we, we just love them. Just Okay. I'm getting the picture. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. What, continue your story about this young man. He just was a guy who, who heard the gospel, who responded to the gospel, and whose life began to change right before our eyes. He began to desire the things of God. And the things that he was involved in began to, he began to see them as things that he needed to really surrender and let go. And he began to seek out help. He began to look for resources. And we were there to come alongside him and help kind of navigate that and, and, and put him in contact with the right resources. And, and so as time went on, he began to mature as a Christian and, and got mm-hmm. out of homelessness. And now he serves. Now he, he's one that comes back and serves uh, in the ministry as well. So we do see success stories. We see God moving and, and God changing people. And, and, and that's, that's always amazing to see. Yeah. Is, is this, is, are the, the people that you minister to in general, um, what percentage of those do you see um, a change in, or can you even quantify it that way? I think it's hard. Um, I, I would say it's not a high percentage. It's not a high percentage, unfortunately. We do have a, a high turnover rate because people leave, they get arrested, um, and so they're always moving around. And so the percentages are not, they're not, they're not high. Um, I would say it's more, uh, leans more towards a mercy ministry, we're there to be merciful okay. and, and, and love on them and, and share the gospel with them. Um, and so, yeah, the high, the, I, I, don't, I, w- I couldn't be able to give. I don't, I don't know a percentage, but um, okay. I would so say what, 10% so maybe. Maybe, what, what was maybe that 10% mean? I would say. Yeah. All right. So would, you, would, would it be accurate to say that you're not doing this because of the high percentage of results, positive results? Mm-hmm. You're doing it because 
That's a question mark. You're doing it because? I'm doing it because this is what God has called us to do. Okay. That's what I believe. I believe, right, um, God God is the one that brings forth the fruit. He's the one that, that produces the results. That's not my job. My job is to actively take that that place and that plan of redemption that he's allowed me to enter into once I was saved and, and then be those hands and feet and, and bring that gospel to people and tell people that God loves them and wants to see them saved. So um, so our our mission is really to be, for us, is to really seek to be um, obedient to the call to to bring the gospel to all people and to um, and to disciple all people. Um, so, w- would you say success for you is not in the results that you see, but in obedience to what God has called you to do? Yes, that's exactly what I would say. That's exactly okay. how I would put it. Yeah, I think sometimes in our Western success orientation, you know, we're we're looking for data that can prove that what we're doing is successful um, in the world's terms rather than seeing success in terms of being obedient to what God has called us to do. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And and one thing I always remind our people of and I'm reminded of is that we don't know what's happening under the surface. Just because Mm -hmm. someone leaves the ministry that we were serving, that we were at, and and we don't see that instant change, doesn't mean that God's not doing the work in that person. That work, and that person is going to God's going to bring something out of that down the road. So, when you say that, it reminds me of the, your testimony hmm. of how the gospel was shared with you a number of times, right. uh, until finally, in His time, right. Carlos <laughs> Mejia was able to understand what God's call on his life was. Amen. Perfect timing. Yeah. (laughs) God's timing is always perfect timing. Yes. But we don't, you know, we're, that's a secret to us. We don't, we don't understand what that, what that timing is. We don't see it. We don't see his stopwatch. No, no. (laughs) And, uh, And we don't know like he does, you know, what, what that perfect timing is going to be. Anyway, um, uh, tell us some other stories that that can help us to understand what it's like to be Jesus' hands and feet in your ministry. I think what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus is simply to 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 seek to, like you said, be obedient to God, and and to take that step of faith. And that faith that we take, that that step of faith, doesn't have to be jumping off a cliff. It's little things that we can do. And so it's it's responding to those those promptings that the Holy Spirit gives us. Maybe when you're pulling into a, a store, for instance, and you see someone there, and it doesn't have to be a homeless person. It could be just someone that you see is having a bad day. You respond to that. If God puts that on your heart, yeah. you can tell yes. that person, hey, you know what? I hope I hope you have a great day today or, or just engage them in conversation. But I think I think responding, the hands and feet of Jesus is, is responding to that prompting that the Holy Spirit puts in us and, and living out our faith. We're called to, to, to be the light of the world, right? The salt of the earth. And so we have this, this it, we should as Christians have this inflow of, 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 
of all that God has for us as we're growing. And, and there has to be an outflow. There has to be an outflow. So just stepping out of faith and, 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 and doing that. One, th- one time we, we, I felt we felt prompted to do an outreach at an apartment complex. And so I, I said to the church, we're going to do this. We're going we're to go. And they said, okay, well, do we get permits? I said, no, we're just going. So we got uh, we have a puppet show that we do uh, that shares the gospel. So, um, and, and so I knew this apartment complex, and I kind of scoped it out. And it was predominantly, I thought, a lot of Hispanic kids in there. So I was prepping our, our church. We're going to go. So we, we handed out flyers the week before, and we set up. And, and, and we, so we get there, and all these kids start coming out, which is what we wanted, right? And so they come, and what we didn't realize, what they were, it was 80% Muslim, an 80% Muslim apartment complex. So You're all these, these kids come out, and, and so we start setting up our puppet show, and we have these little stations where they can do crafts. We share the gospel, and we had 30 kids commit their lives to the Lord that day. And we continued for a year after that, going every other Saturday to do Bible oh. studies with these kids. No and so kidding. it's just responding to, to what, what, what God says to go. I'll give you another story, though, kind of the opposite. Okay, I, I, I felt called to do another outreach in Superior, Arizona, which is a little mining town. And right. so we, we set up this big outreach where, you know, we were going to have a, a Christian rapper come. And so, and there was a lot of buzz in the little town, a lot of buzz. And so the day came to, to have that uh, outreach, and, and we only had um, our people show up that were serving and, and, and a homeless guy. That was the only people that showed up to our outreach. Really? And yeah. I, I was so discouraged. I was so discouraged. I remember at the end we had a raffle. And so yeah. – um, I said we got we're gonna just do the raffle and our own people will get the the prices right. So the last I, I did the last raffle and I thought it was done. I said okay, thanks for coming guys, and then I realized I had a gift card left. So I said wait wait before you leave, and and, and prior to that that last gift was won by one of the kids in our in our church, and and so we're getting ready to leave. And I said I got one more, so I, I take this and I I do the raffle and, and the homeless guy wins it right. And we were gonna give him something anyways, but but he wins the raffle, so he's excited. We give it to him. And and the, it's over, and and we start driving back to 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 uh, to Mesa, and I'm just so discouraged. I'm like, Lord, I've stepped out of faith so many times, and and you've produced, and why not today? And then I get a phone call, and the phone call is from the father of that kid who won the gift of the no gift, kidding. and he says, Man, this was amazing. He says, You know what happened? He says, What happened was when you gave that last raffle, my son won. He was sad that the homeless guy didn't win. So he began praying. He began praying, God, I really want this man to win something. And then you did another raffle, and the homeless man won. And my son was driving home and told me, God heard my prayer today. He heard my prayer. And so the fruit of that whole outreach, when I see that is, here's a young man who understood in, in, in real time that God answers his prayers, that, that he has a God that he can call upon, and God hears him. And that young man is now in training to be a pastor. This is, wow. you know, so those times, just stepping out in faith and trusting what God is going to do. And sometimes we don't see the results, but that doesn't mean that God's not working. Oh, man, that that's thrilling. I I, I love that because it illustrates that God is working whether we see it or not. Amen. Amen. And uh, 
and we have to have the faith that as we're obedient, God is working. And we need to have the faith to understand that we don't need to see the results and to recognize that God never is quiet and not active when we're obedient. Carlos, we're we're having um, we're running out of time, but I I want to ask you uh, to you've got thirty seconds mm. to share with those who are listening mm. something on your heart to encourage them to better be Jesus hands and feet. And actually, you have a little longer than thirty seconds, mm-hmm. but go ahead. I would say just when you came to Christ. You trusted. You trusted in the finished work of the cross. You trusted that, that, that Jesus defeated death and rose from the dead. You believed in that, and you, and you put your trust in that, and now you have a new life in him. With that same trust, you have to trust that he will give you the abilities you need to, to fulfill that calling that he's placed on your life. Everyone that's a believer is in the ministry. We're in the ministry of reconciliation. And we have to trust that. And sometimes we can trust him with salvation, but we can't trust him to just meet us in the moment in sharing uh, the gospel with someone or encouraging someone or praying with someone. So I would say, trust in him. Take those steps of faith. Uh, That's what I would encourage people to do. And you will never, ever, ever be disappointed when you're doing God's will. Never, never disappointed. I can't add to that. Carlos Mejia. Thank you so much for being with us today. And God bless you. May God continue to bless you. God bless you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.